Hello, welcome to the Weight Endurance Podcast. I'm your host, Cody Waite, sitting across the podcasting table with my co-host, Kathy Waite. Hey, everybody. And we have a special guest dun, 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 dun. this episode. We've, you've heard her, likely heard, heard us talking about her. Um, yeah, all the time. All the time. <laughs> but we have in the audio flesh, Miss Sophia Forney. Hello, pleasure to be here. <laughs> <laughs> Is that your deep, your deep podcast voice? Yep. <laughs> So we brought so her she's on. she's our daughter. Different last name. That could be confusing. Um, so we might just call her Sophia Louise. Yeah, call oh, me that. Home. So anyway, we want to have her on the podcast since she was on our three-week road trip with us and worked her tail off and wants to talk about it a little bit. Yeah, I think she'll have some interesting things to add. Yeah. Or I should talk to you. you I think you will have some interesting things to add. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, so excuse any awkwardness from any of us. We're used to the one-on-one, two-person one, and we're adding this third person. And um, Yeah, just trying to get our groove. Yeah. So yeah, I'm good. all new to this. All new. Yeah, so uh, we're home. I, I mean, I don't feel quite like settled back into the house. We haven't quite finished unpacking and settling in, but last time we did a podcast, we were in Boise, yeah. Idaho. Our last two podcasts, 38 and 39, were on the road. Yeah, Coeur d'Alene and then Boise. Right. And then... Uh, Take it from there, Cody. Where do we go after Boise? After Boise, um, then we went to Ogden or outside of Ogden, Utah, Snow Basin area. Which those of you listening that um, have done Xterra racing are probably quite familiar with that. That's where Nationals has been for, gosh, about ten years or so, I think. Yeah, we have great memories going to that race. We, this was the first time we'd ever been to the area in summertime because the national championship for Xterra is in September. Yeah, and it was really different. It was really different. And you, you, Sophie, have been there yeah. before when you were a kid. But It um, was beautiful. It was like country roads and a beautiful lake, beautiful mountains around you. Yeah, it was awesome. And it was just really green because when we were there in September in years past, everything's like dried out. Yeah, and it's the leaves the end are of the changing. Season. Yeah, and the leaves are changing. It's very more like brown and then the bright leaves. And this was like, I couldn't believe how lush it was. Yeah, and it felt like lake life. You know, like mm-hmm. Sophia's grown up going to Minnesota to a lake that her grandparents live on. And it felt yeah. more like a lake life in the summer there. Yeah, it was a bit more like that. Not as many trees, but it was Yeah, it was good. It was fun. Idea. Yeah, so we got in two good rides while we were there. Mm-hmm. Um, one to up Powder Mountain. <laughs> so anyone that's from the Salt Lake area probably knows Powder Mountain. It's a ski area. And well, what's funny is I plotted the route out on um, Map My Ride on the app. I was like, okay, here's a ride we can do tomorrow that's, you know, I forget how long it was, 70 miles. and It was like 50 miles or something. Yeah, it was like 50 miles and 7,000 feet of climbing. So I was like, okay, it's going to be a lot of climbing. That makes sense. You know, we're in the land of ski areas and stuff. And then we, so we rode the 14 mile. no, it was only seven miles to get over to the climb flat as yeah. our warm up. Oh, right, yeah. And then it was like a seven mile climb. And... It just kept getting steeper yeah, and it, steeper. At first it was like super steep, and I was thinking, I think it's going to level out soon. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it, it can't keep going like this. And it never leveled out. No, and, and it got I, steeper. I finally <laughs> gave up, because I did not have the right gearing on my bike, and I literally yeah. was standing up the whole two or three miles that I stuck in there for, and yeah. I was like, forget it, sis, I got a bail. Yeah. Yeah, that was crazy. And it had rained the day before, and like early that morning so the roads were like a little wet and it was kind of cloudy and overcast yeah. it was kind of a cool feeling it was really cool it just kept getting steeper and steeper so it was seven miles and you gained like four thousand feet of climbing and i swear the last three to four miles of the seven were like 13 percent 
or more. Well, I know they, well, I had my Wahoo screen on the grade so I could see it, and it was fluctuating between 12 and 16 for yeah. the majority of like the three miles I stuck in there for. Right, right. I just couldn't ridiculous. keep doing it. Like my arms were exhausted from trying to hold my body up to, to climb. Yeah, it was quite the quite the climb. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I mean, it ended up being a good ride, but it was more than I bargained for. <laughs> for that. Yeah, it kind of set me up for like the rest of the ride because like my legs were just like dead after that. Yeah, you, right. When we got down after the descent, and we were going to go do another, where we headed over to the next climb. Yeah. And both our, we looked at each other and like, uh, our legs just feel yeah. terrible. Yeah, I was jello. So we had to like spin on the And I only did half of what you guys did. Yeah, it was, it was rough. It kind of loosened up again. And then we, we rode some of the east, I think it's called the East Ogden route, although it was closed with construction, so we could only go a little ways up. And then back around and rode up the old Snow Basin Road to Snow yeah, Basin. That, and I like that climb. We did it like all the climbs in the valley, but it was a really cool ride. Um, then we did another ride early in the, the next morning, and then we packed up and headed to... Uh, Laramie, right? Mm-hmm. To see Tristan, one of our Wee Devo riders who lives in Laramie. See see him and his uh, mom and dad. That was fun. They made us a delicious dinner. And... Yeah. Salmon and rice was beautiful. <coughs> yeah. Pardon, you okay? Pardon. Yeah. Choked up thinking about the rice. Yeah, sorry about that. Well, the next morning we just had time for like a quick recovery ride. And Tristan took us over to some trails. Uh, Happy Jack. Yeah. <coughs> and... I just love how Wyoming surprises you with, like, topography that you're not expecting. Because Laramie's kind of an ugly town, to be frank. And then you drive 15 minutes, I think it was east, and it was gorgeous. Yeah. Like, rolling hills and trees. Some pine and trees, yeah. I loved it. <laughs> it was surprisingly, like, 8,000 feet of elevation. Yeah. I, yeah, I didn't realize we were so high up. Yeah. It was fun. So we got a little quick ride in with him, and then we came home. Kind of wrap, well, no, we didn't quite wrap up our <clears throat> endurance block, so upon coming home, then we uh, had a, the weekend left, basically, uh, a couple easy days, <clears throat> pardon me, got something stuck in my throat, and then a couple final bigger rides. Um, yeah, you and Sophia had, like, a plan that you, well, Sophia wanted to get how many miles, 1,000? Oh, uh, yeah, 1,000 in three weeks. And so you I knew to get, you like, had to get a few more. I had to get, like, 200 more miles. Okay. Or something, 150 maybe. Right. Yeah. So you reconnected with I, your Devo yeah, buds. Yeah, with the boys. <laughs> with the boys. <laughs> and you guys were going to climb all the way to the top of... Of, uh, of Mount Evans. But then you guys told me it wasn't the wisest decision. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was just a little bit too ambitious. And... Yeah, it would have been a lot. It would have been like a seven-hour ride. Yeah, you were two and a half weeks in. <clears throat> Man. Into the most riding you've done <clears throat> in your life. And then you wanted to go do the... One of the biggest rides. Yeah, one of the biggest rides of my life. <laughs> miles and 10,000 feet of climbing or whatever with four hours of them straight uphill. Yeah, yeah. I, I was horrified, but thankfully you were yeah. very open to our advice and, and said, well, maybe I'll just do half of it. Yeah, I was still able to ride with um, a buddy a buddy of mine for, for on the way back of the ride. So it he all, turned around with you. Yeah, it all worked out in the end. That's good. Yeah, and then he rode the next day, and all said and done, we got our three weeks of you know, low intensity, relatively low intensity, aerobic base miles, which was the goal, and the first block of that of our season salvation plan that we're going to be talking about for the next several weeks. <clears throat> and um, basically, would you say you got yourself nice and tired? Oh yeah, I was super tired over those three weeks. <laughs> yeah, that was I was so tired. Yeah, that was great. I mean, we were super lucky to be able to take a trip. We were talking about this yeah, before we yeah. started the recording to. 
do these three weeks of you know high frequency and high relatively high mileage and duration in like new locations every couple days yeah it was like a it was a brand new ride like every day like brand new scenery it was amazing yeah it was really interesting for long rides yeah it's really great and that goes back to things and i think we mentioned this in the last podcast of like if you've got a big training block especially like an endurance sort of training Mm -hmm. block if you can plan some sort of trip or training camp or you know rearrange your schedule in such a way that you can do some different things it kind of stokes the fire of motivation and enjoyment because sometimes it's tough to do the same rides right where you live you know over and over but we were fortunate yeah um okay so same monday sunday yeah so yesterday i was getting a ride by myself because you guys were all doing different things and i had to go through like a rolodex in my mind of Hmm. I want to get three hours in. Which of like the routes around here sound appealing? And I like flip through them in my head. Mm-hmm. Ding, not, not that one. Ding, not. And then I just decided I wanted to ride up to Evergreen, and I was like, "Yep, that one makes me happy." But that would have been hard to do for three weeks to get all those miles in. Yeah, it takes a lot of planning when you have like a concentrated block like we just put together. So, um, but I think it was all a good success. I mean, I think all three of us were tired. I, I know. All, most, if not all, of our Wee Devo riders were pretty yeah. exhausted. They were slumped out on the couch last night. Yeah, a few of them came over <laughs> just to hang out with you. And, and they were listless. Usually they lethargic. have lots of energy. Yeah, it was quiet. <laughs> and they were just slumped over on the couch. Sophia, uh, what do you think your favorite ride was on this trip? Oh, that's a tough question. Um, I think Coeur d'Alene or maybe um, Bozeman, like in the, ri- the rides there. But well, you said you really loved that first day in Bozeman where you went by yourself in yeah, the rain. Yeah, that was amazing. It was just like kind of like dreary, but it was still beautiful in this canyon I was riding in. So, I don't know. Yeah. That might be my favorite. And it was sort of an adventure that you were riding in the nasty elements. Yeah. And I was freezing, but it was place. still fun. <laughs> and you by your house by yourself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Awesome. What was your favorite ride? Um, I think actually the second day in Bozeman when we rode back... I don't even know where that was. I can't remember the name of it now. That was... Oh, God, there were so many rides, but I I absolutely loved it. It was rolling hills and farmlands and mountains, and I just loved it. What about you? Montana. Um, Gosh, so hard to say. Man, I I don't know. I mean, the the bogus basin climb in Boise, Idaho really stands out. It's like a really neat climb. What about that one in Troutdale? Portland. Yeah, the oh, Portland one that, that was one. through the farm fields and like super hilly. That was pretty cool. There were so many good ones. Yeah. Um, Bend, Oregon. Bend I, I love the rides in Bend, but it was rather hot. It was. Like, we had been used to like the 65 degree weather in a lot of the places we were at. Yeah, and, and then it was all of a sudden like 90 degrees. Yeah. <laughs> and that was a little rough. Die that day. Um, but yeah, there were just so many good ones. I don't know if I could nail down a favorite. All right, well, let's move on. It was awesome, and everyone got some good work in. I mean, I, did, I only did about half the amount of miles that the two of you did, but for me, it was a solid training block. And oh, yeah. I mean, as you two know, on the trip, I struggled with comparing myself to you mm-hmm. guys and sometimes feeling left out. Um, but the truth is, I did a really good block of training, and it was good. You did what was right for you. I did what was yeah. right for me, and I still have to watch the IT band, and um, I'm happy with how it all worked out. And then today, I, when I actually got to go see... One of the PTs and kind of got my little tweak fix and she <laughs> worked on me and I feel ready to go again. 
Yeah, yeah. on a side note about that, um, when you, you know how you're saying, like, that how you compare yourself to me and Cody? Yeah. I think it's also interesting because, like, the whole entire team seems to be comparing themselves to each other. Yeah. And to, like, other pros, like Quinn Simmons and, mm-hmm. like, Lachlan Morton and stuff. So I just think it's important for people to, like, be confident in what they're doing and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, no, that's a great tip. Yeah, I see that coaching juniors, but I think even with adult athletes, in today's world with social media and Strava, where you can kind of see a lot of people's, like, what their writing is. I still struggle with it, too. Yeah, it creates this game of, like, got to keep up kind of thing and, and people, more is better and more is better and yeah. people lose focus on like you have to do what's right for you everyone's in a little different place yep. in terms of their development um, and that goes for adult athletes too if you're fairly new to cycling you then need to build up more slowly but um yeah that's a great point it's 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 tricky it's easy to get sucked into that but um, I mean, back in the day when I was training and racing a lot, we didn't have any of that. No one really knew what everybody else was doing or not doing. And you heard like rumors and things, but <laughs> it was much easier just to like, here's my plan. This is what I'm going to do. And stay now focused. Yeah, stay focused. And now people are like, they got the, like an amazing 80 mile ride in and then they come home and look at Strava and like someone they know or a pro or whatever's like got 120 and then all of a sudden they feel like, they didn't do enough on their 80-mile yeah. ride, even though it was plenty enough. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely still struggle with that. Yeah. Well, I just think that concept of more is not better is really interesting. Um, and I don't know if you just tell me this to make me feel better, but you always tell me I'm a more of a low-volume mm-hmm. athlete, and I can still race well without putting in hundreds and hundreds of miles. Mm-hmm. And one of the kids in the team, he can't do as many miles because of his um, dehydration issues, so... But he races amazingly. Yeah. Yeah, he's one of the best racers on the team, even though he doesn't always ride as much as others on the team. Right. So, yeah, more, more miles. I mean, in the big scope, it does make you better, but it's all relative to the individual. Right. And doing what's right for you, just like you riding a little less than Sophia and I were over the over our trip. You did what was right for you, and you've got that stimulus. You came back tired, mm-hmm. but you weren't like injured or sore right because that was going to be the worst thing if I, if I tweaked my my it band again, right right and then i had to sit out i think we balanced that about yeah, right I think it was good and i frankly i was a little worried sophia might do too much you know she's still young and developing she's 17 and females have to be very very careful mm-hmm. make sure they don't do so much that they mess up their menstrual cycle cycle their hormones um yeah we pushed th- the envelope I, we pushed the but... envelope but she's gonna rest <laughs> and I, I, th- I think we're we're good we just have to be talking about it like how are you feeling are you having your period and now i probably embarrassed you on this podcast but it's really important and it's nothing to be embarrassed about yeah yeah it's important for everyone because doing a lot of training whether it's a lot of high intensity or even just a lot of low intensity volume definitely plays a role in how your hormones react and can throw people into big holes which we talked about in the last episode number 39 building fatigue and you know we've accomplished that so the next step now is to recover and that's what we want to talk about um now on this episode because uh this is episode 40 by the way i don't think i mentioned that at the beginning and we want to just talk about recovery weeks Mm -hmm. you know just the concept of recovery and recovery weeks and why we have them and do them and i know some of our junior athletes they're so motivated and eager to pile things on when you tell them it's a recovery week they kind of like get sad. It's like, oh, what am I going to do know. now? Even though they're exhausted. I know. They're fa- you tell them in person, their face just falls. Just falls, yeah. <laughs> but they're important because 
the training equation, I'm, I'm sure we've mentioned this before, is like, you know, training plus recovery equals adaptation, which adaptation is just a fancy word for improving and making gains, getting stronger. Um, so recovery is an important part of the equation. Well, it's the essential part. Essent true. Because if all you ever do is train... You get better for a while, and then, and then you, you would plateau, and then fall off the edge fall of the cliff. Off. Yeah. yeah, so you have to train, 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 build that fatigue, like we talked about in the last episode, and then it's time to recover. Um, so let's dig into that a little bit. You know, why, why recovery weeks? I mean, we just sort of nailed it right there. But um, basically, you build fatigue from training. Training in and of itself is catabolic, meaning it's breaking you down. It's making you more tired. It's literally breaking down like your muscle fibers it's draining you of energy like your glycogen stores um, things of that nature and so for those reasons alone you have to take a break um, to recover to kind of restore and rebuild those um, elements so recovery allows you to absorb the training fatigue that you applied in in your training blocks and then from there you adapt once you've absorbed it and then you make improvements um, so think of training as catabolic, recovery as anabolic. Anabolic meaning growth. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, I should have remembered those terms from physiology class in college, but you just schooled me. I feel, I feel smart now. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> and other things you know, that are important, too, from, for recovery weeks is you get that mental break. Too. Yeah, for sure. Because yeah. when you're training a lot, like we did, like you know, our team did, we concentrated for three weeks trying trying to ride our, our main objectives, if you recall, in the first block of the season salvation plan and what we're doing here is frequency. So trying to ride as often as possible, you know, upwards of every day potentially or six days of the week. And then riding more and more distance or volume um, as you go to build up that fatigue. Well, that's very draining, not only physically from our muscles and whatnot, but it, it is also a mental challenge too. I mean, there were points within our trip that, I was kind of at times like, oh, you know, you're going to go ride again, yeah. you know, it's a little bit. But what worked so great is that we were in different places and it was like, oh, we're here. Let's yeah. do this. And it, it I, great, but. Yeah. During like the second week, I definitely had like a couple of days there where I was getting a little afraid of like burnout. And I was like really like careful, like to stay motivated and stuff because you're just kind of tired. I was and... really tired and it was hard to think of riding for another five hours the next day so yeah right. and you were also trying to juggle english homework oh, yeah i definitely got burned down english homework yeah she's <laughs> yeah she's um graduating early so she's doing english online. 12 online this summer and that was a hard that thing was to horrible. juggle she would do a five-hour ride with you and come back to the rv and have to do three hours of homework, <laughs> homework. right so um yeah and i think mentally like having to like make sure your clothes are clean and your food is ready for the next day and yeah. your bike is prepped and you washed it and you changed your tires and all of that does add up after yeah. a while you're like oh i don't want to wake up and have to rush out the door and do all that right I just want to sit in my pajamas and and chill chill <laughs> exactly. so it yeah a great reason for a recovery week is just to be able to chill a little bit more and, and not have to run into the garage and get everything ready right and along similar lines too another nice reason of recovery weeks for the average person is that then you get to have extra time because you're not training as much to catch up on things that you've maybe been putting off yeah you know if you planned a big training block and usually other things in your life kind of fall to the side a little bit and 
now with these recovery weeks, you can kind of catch up on it. You know, if it's yard work or spending time with family or a work project. Or or pickleball. <laughs> pickleball in your case. <laughs> um, catching up. Enough so, of the pickleball, Mom. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> so recovery weeks are very important. Um, but it brings up a question of, like, who needs recovery weeks? Um, because everyone, basically, the, the short answer is everyone. Everyone needs recovery at some certain point within their plan. And recovery comes... Not just as a week, but we also have recovery days within a week, and we have recovery weeks usually within a month or a multi-week block, and then we have recovery periods with at the end of a season usually, um, and so everyone needs it. But you know how often and to what extent of that recovery does vary a little bit. Um, so those yeah, we talked about that on our Zoom call we just had with our Redevo team. Yes, because some of the of the riders like man like like Sophia just rode so many hours and they're exhausted and need extensive rest right but um and there were others that yeah, rode. Like Tristan couldn't get in quite as many hours so he doesn't feel that tired and he's going to take less days off right 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 so the, basically the more you train in your training block the more you need to rest because mm-hmm. the more load you apply then you need to recover from it so you, in general you need a little more recovery time so just if you keep that concept in mind, the more you train, the more you recover, and or it, you know, the I don't want to say the less you train, but the, like the less volume, less intensity. The, yeah, lower volume, lower intensity requires less recovery time. So um, you kind of nailed it with the example with um, our Redevo riders because some of them did a lot, so now they need to rest a lot. Others did a very good amount, but didn't really overextend, so they don't need to overload the recovery necessarily they right. can kind of do a little bit more um than some so as you know the, the typical pattern of recovery weeks is <clears throat> or in a, in a training block is people will do three days of training or three day, three weeks of training and then they'll have a recovery week that's a very common pattern in most training programs um there are some exceptions to this but basically you know the, the average amateur competitive amateur rider that's training maybe like 9 to 12 hours a week, um, I'd consider that kind of a mid-volume level of, of training, would follow that three weeks of training. Then you're, you're usually at the end of three weeks of training, you're ready for a recovery week of some kind. Lower volume riders, on the other hand, that are training, say, less than nine hours a week, um, because they're not riding perhaps as often, and they don't have, or as much in a single big ride perhaps, they don't need as dramatic of a, a recovery period and or maybe they don't need it as often. So it's possible if you're training eight hours a week that you could train for five weeks in a row and build and then take a, re- a recovery week as opposed to like the three to one ratio. Right. So that falls into that, that category sense. of, you know, if you train a little less then you don't have to recover as often or you can recover a little less essentially. Um, and then on the flip side, you know, high volume riders, riders, you know, riding over 12 hours a week, definitely want to follow that three to one, um, you know, three weeks of training to one week of recovery. And then usually their recovery weeks will have a much larger percentage decrease of volume. Um, so they'll rest more relative to their work week, training weeks. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Um, yeah, well, I don't even know if you and some of the boys on the team feel like riding for a few days for the first time ever. Yeah, <laughs> maybe I'll take a couple days off. <laughs> you definitely will. Yeah, so recovery weeks, especially after a big training block like we did, I mean, 
I think taking a couple days, like two days off is a great place to start. And then you're going to do a couple of recovery rides, maybe take a third day off somewhere in that week. And then probably by the weekend, you're ready to ramp, gradually ramp things back up, kind of find your legs again. But we'll talk about that in a second of how to do that. Yeah, sorry, skipped ahead. Um, one last little like possible um, subcategory is masters riders. So, you know, probably 40 plus, 50 plus um, masters. It's somewhat common now um, for them to train two weeks mm-hmm. of solid training and have one week of training, or right. sorry, of recovery. Um, so like a two to one. Yeah, that's how Chris Alcorn likes to do it. It just works better for his body. Yeah, yeah. So different riders need different things. I mean, we're yeah. all different. Um, so a lot of the figuring out what works for you comes with experience and practice. Um, and you just you kind of figure that out over time um but those are some good general starting points right i would say and i most of our plans if not all of them do follow that three weeks of training one week of recovery it just works very well there are some there are some instances where that's not the case like our really long base builder programs over the years we've done you know five six even i think seven weeks of training pretty consistency consistently before we had a recovery week but that goes back to the rule of it like it was a little lower volume so it wasn't the stress wasn't adding up as quickly right so you could extend that and if you build in recovery within the week you the load is sort of controlled week to week and you don't yeah i think when you do the two to one or the three to one it's specifically necessary when within those three weeks of training or two you're overreaching right you're really pushing the boundaries of like i'm going to if it's an aerobic base, I'm going to really get a lot of miles in. Right. Or if it's, you know, two max, like yeah. I am, I can only do this two or three weeks and then I just you have to break. get a break. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so it all goes back to summarize the summary of that's what you do best. <laughs> the more you train, the more you need to rest um, <laughs> and everyone needs to rest at some point. Um, so how to in quotes, how to do recovery weeks, um, because they're different from rest weeks. Yes. So I'm glad you clarified that. So it differs from rest week. So rest week, which we, I think we podcasted or at least mentioned uh, yeah, we did. about a month ago, yeah. kind of that mid-season break, that is what I would call a rest week, where often you'll take four to seven days completely off the bike. That's like your mid-season break or end-of-season break, which can be even longer, up to two weeks. Um, recovery weeks are different. They happen more often like we just discussed every you know third fourth fifth week and you keep training although you do usually add an additional one or two off days within the week but you're still going to be riding um throughout that week and in most cases by the weekend riding a, a fair bit again and feeling good again so they do differ um a general rule of thumb for a recovery week is to decrease your volume of your previous block by about 50 percent like your weekly volume. So if you were training 14 hours a week, your recovery week might only be seven or eight hours a week, you know, about 50%, give or take. Um, Does that also mean, do you only look at it in terms of hours or would you look at it as uh, in terms of like 50% of the miles or 50% of the TSS score? Yeah, I would think hours or TSS, depending. If you have a power meter and you're tracking TSS, you could look at it in terms of, of TSS. Although even... TSS might even drop a little bit more, like 60% possibly, um, because the riding you'll be doing will be 
shorter and easier, so you'll get much less TSS. Because TSS, if you remember, training stress score, is your is the minutes times the intensity level. Okay. So if minutes are down and intensity levels down, you're really gonna get some small numbers. You know, you might only get okay. twenty or thirty TSS on a recovery ride or whatever. So it is more important to decrease the number of hours you've spent training in the previous block. In most cases, okay. yeah. Hours. That's how right. when I'm planning it out, how I kind of look at it. All right. Um, but I look at, I have it all in mind, but yeah, speaking mostly of hours, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, take two to three days off. Um, your rides within that week should be easy. I mean, that's kind of a no-brainer, but I've seen so many <laughs> not easy, easy rides in a recovery week from people that... Um, yeah, their heart rate was like 180. You're like, what? This was an easy ride. <laughs> right. So to keep things easy, if you live in a hilly area, make sure you find the flattest possible area. It can or, be tricky here in Denver. It can be. Or if you're in a really super hilly area, you might have to do your recovery rides on a trainer too. Yeah. Um, and in all honesty, the trainer is probably the best place to do a recovery ride. I don't do it very often, um, if ever, maybe in the winter. But it's probably the best because it's so controlled and so easy and steady and like there's no hills. There's you know you can make it exact, um, but it, they should be flatter rides if not very flat, and then just that low heart rate. Um, so, um, we'll talk about that in a second. But it's really just to spin the legs, get some blood flow going, um, and then yeah. by the weekend usually you're kind of ready to get back to like normal paced riding. But it's like silly slow. Um, it's so hard don't you think yeah. so Sophia yeah especially it's, if we go with Cody because his silly slow is still not our silly slow yeah um it's interesting because I've had to learn to go slow over the years and I can tell some of the kids on the team still need to learn that because I'll, I'll look at their Strava and they're doing like QM attempts recovery <laughs> rides <laughs> yeah slow your roll yeah you gotta slow it down well you get to ride with us all the time and yeah Cody Definitely is very good about going slowly like let's go to the coffee shop and we're gonna talk the whole time and yeah. it is it's not silly slow for us but it is slow yeah yeah definitely slow enough you can have a full conversation and, yeah you know stopping periodically for coffee or if you're running errands is a good strategy is there too. a heart rate you're supposed to target there is yeah I was gonna talk about that in a second but okay. um good question We'll talk about how to actually do the recovery ride. I always ask him questions <laughs> that he's answering on the second half. Right, right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, how to do recovery weeks. I mean, it does come down to personal preferences and experiences, much like, you know, how frequently do you need recovery weeks. That's also personal, and you kind of figure it out, but how to organize your actual recovery week, too. Um, another thing I want to talk about, too, is fueling mm, on recovery week. Right. I think Let's this is really that. important because... It's very common, and I used to fall into this trap, and could argue that I still do, is it's like you did all this training, you know you got to eat a lot to fuel all the training, and it's like, okay, I'm recovering, so I need to like not eat as much because now I'm not training. But what it's easy to forget is that you did all this training, you broke yourself down, it's catabolic, right? You did all this damage. Now you need to fuel yourself to repair and get more in an anabolic state of rebuilding the muscles you damaged refilling the glycogen that you likely depleted after a hard training block. But a lot of that would come down to the quality of food you choose. So in your recovery week, you don't need to be drinking well, Cokes and, yes. and Sour Patch Kids. Don't eat the crappy, high sugary right. foods. Right. Make yourself a giant salad with 
protein of your choice and beans and right. throw that all in there and yes. heal yourself well. Sorry, my, you're excited about this. Well, my point <laughs> is you don't want to cut calories. Right. You still you always want to eat well. When you're training a lot, you can eat the candy or the sugary foods, you know, the the carbs to fuel your rides, which you don't need those necessarily in a recovery week, but you right. still need to eat and probably eat more than what you really think. Does that make sense? Yeah, and I'm just reiterating one of our important principles that it's all about the quality of food that's fueling exactly. you as a, at a cellular level. Right. Are, so when you're talking about um, eating, are you like, what kind of food should you be focusing on? Like, like carbs, fats, proteins? Like, is there one you're supposed to be like targeting more? Um, that's a good question. I wouldn't say so much targeting. It's more like a well-rounded diet, I suppose. Okay. I mean, when we're doing like a lot of training, whether it's long mileage or high intensity, we always put a little extra emphasis on carbs. Yeah. You know, initially, maybe the first couple days of a recovery week, it could still have a little emphasis on carbs because you're replenishing glycogen stores and such. But then there also needs to be maybe at least some thought towards protein because you're repairing yeah. muscle damage. Um, and, you know, fats are just always good, a good base of the diet anyway. Mm -hmm. So probably just focusing mostly on a fairly well-rounded, balanced diet. And, and like your mom just said, like, sal you know, eat your fruits and vegetables, eat, you know, eat that good quality food um, that's important. Right. Mom, no more Sour Patch Kids. No, well, I, this is not the week for Sour Patch Kids. No Sour Patch Kids. <laughs> I'm kind of sick of them, actually. Are you? Yeah, yeah, I was my, wondering when that was going to happen. My teeth sort of hurt. <laughs> yeah. I, that's Cavities. why I don't eat them. I know. I know. I, I think I need to call the dentist for this one moment. Oh, boy. I know. I, yeah. Yeah. They're not good. Gummy candy is not good for your teeth. <laughs> That's sure. Well, I did say on that episode it was a confession, so I confess my sins. Let's not shame. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so recovery weeks, lay off the cookies and the, the candies, but up the fruits and vegetables and the good carbohydrates like sweet potatoes and um, quinoa and, what you know, the good grains yeah. and, and healthful foods like that. Um, and then lastly, keep the movement training in there, the strength training, although it doesn't have to be for strength per se, it's more, more movement, um, just to keep the body move, Absolutely. full range of motion. I always think of them as like physical therapy training sessions that I'm doing on my own. Um, keeps the hips open and everything else. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, absolutely. We, yeah. we preach this all the time, but I always feel better after I do some strength and core work. Don't you think so, sis? Yeah, I always feel way better. Yeah. Yeah. Even if it's 30 minutes, right? You don't have to have an hour. Right. Today I had 30 minutes before I had to run out the door to the PT and just crammed in what I could. I felt so much better out the door. Yep. And you can, it can and should be shorter. Yeah. Because it is still recovery week. You're not trying to add any stress that would require adapting to your, you're adapting to the stress that's already been applied. So exactly. It's shorter. It's lighter. You're just going through the motions. Absolutely. Um, and Firing up muscles, stretching out your back. Exactly. Yeah, that's it. Cool. Flip the page. Flip What's the page. Next? Yeah, so on to the, the recovery ride. And this is where I see so many people go wrong. Um, you know, the recovery ride, often people think, well, if it's just an hour, I'll get on my bike and I'll ride, right? And often in a recovery week, I'll have the first day, if not two days, off. So maybe it's that second or third day. And maybe you're starting to kind of feel good again a little bit and you're eager to get back on your bike perhaps so it's easy to go too fast or too hard. Um, 
but it needs to be like we already said just ridiculously slow and easy honestly i would say avoid the mountain bike because it's just hard to keep the power down mountain biking unless you have a super super flat chill you know dirt road or dirt path that you ride or something but any kind of incline what's amazing is like when you mountain bike even a relatively low climbing mountain bike route with just little you know rolly hills that you'd encounter if you look at like a power file you'll spike over like four five hundred watts like numerous times right anytime you stand out definitely (laughs) anytime you stand out of the saddle to just push over a little hill your heart rate doesn't budge much at all if any you know but you're just doing these little bursts of power which kind of goes against yeah little micro intervals so um i would avoid staying off the mountain bike unless it's like totally flat you would avoid being on the mountain bike is that what I said? You said I would avoid staying off the mountain oh, bike. Yeah, I'm tired. It's a double <laughs> negative. <Yeah. laughs> I would avoid being on the mountain bike for recovery rides. Or at least be on the pavement on your mountain bike. Right. Um, and then the other thing is don't go too long on these. So most people, twenty as short as 20 minutes, as long as maybe 75 minutes is probably about right. I mean, in years past, I have done longer, quote, recovery rides. Um, but, but that was in, re- in relativity starts... to the amount of miles you were doing like if you had a 500 mile week then your recovery ride might be 30 miles yeah so but in most cases that i just don't think even that was that effective at that point um so the idea is you just want to do enough to move the blood around um so again 15 to 20 minutes on the short end and that's perfect on the trainer so if you can jump on the trainer if you have a bike set up at home you know you can jump on that spin for 15, 20 minutes, that's a great way to loosen up, get the blood going, and you're done. Um, that might be a little too short if you're going outside. So outside rides, maybe 45, 60 minutes. If as long as it's flat and easy, upwards of maybe 75 minutes is an upper limit. Um, for me, I determine on how long does it take me to get to the coffee shop I want to get to and, and ride back. <laughs> um, and we'll talk about that in a second. But um, heart rate-wise, as a reference point, you know, we're talking heart rate under 60%. So it's very low heart rate. So for me, with like a 183, 4 max heart rate, I think that's like 111 beats per minute. Would all oh, God, that's really low. want to get yeah. to. In most cases, I'm under 100 for most yeah, of it. Yeah, quit bragging. Yeah, I'm like... Well, it's the slower the better. I know, it's just like a joke we have. I'm like 130. <laughs> we always yell out to you, what's your heart rate? You're like, 111. I'm like, ah, I'm 145. And I'm 160. <laughs> <laughs> right. So for you, Sophie, as a young person, you have a you know max heart rate around 200. You're looking at um, 120. Oh, I can't do math. 60%, okay. yeah. Would be the optimal, would be what you're supposed to do. So you can see right away, like, mountain bike's kind of off limits, yeah. right? <laughs> and you need to pick something f- as flat as possible. Um, power-wise... Um, it, it actually ends up being about 60, under 60% again as well um, in, in terms of power. So it's very low power. That's why you want to, again, avoid the mountain bike because when you go up a, even a short little hill, you'll go way above 60%. Um, and just go slow and enjoy it. You know, they're best done like with, with somebody or by yourself and where you just daydream and think about things. That's what I'll do a lot of times. But we ride together, our recovery rides. It's the only time we can keep up with you. <laughs> That's well, not true. at least me. <laughs> um, so I already mentioned, yeah, doing it on the trainers, and I actually the ideal way to do it, but um, 
do as I say, not as I do kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, but, but some people love it. Like, I never listen to music or anything in my ears while I'm running outside, but if I do jump in the trainer, I'll turn on a Netflix show or listen to a podcast. And, right, right. And it's actually really, like, a fun treat. Yeah, yeah, it can be nice. I'll do that more in the winter. Yeah, I mean, now it's so good. Cause it's, just, I just you don't want to bundle up. Yeah, it's hard to bundle up and be cold on a recovery ride. So. Like 45 minutes. Right. Yeah, it takes that long to get ready to go out the door right. in the winter. Yeah. Right, exactly. Um, yeah, so ride with your slower friends, family, you know, just, you know, have fun with it. Make that coffee ride. Like I said, that's kind of the quintessential cyclist recovery ride is ride to the cafe, have a coffee, you know, maybe a pastry, and then ride back. <laughs> Definitely yeah. a pastry. Always a pastry. Yeah. yeah. I know, but that, that does contradict what we just said. You don't need <laughs> well, if it's in mid-ride, oh, we've talked yeah. about that before. Anything you eat mid-ride, even a recovery ride. Goes right into fueling that fuels your way home. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so that's it. So long story long, just keep your recovery ride super super easy, and fill you know the early part of the week up, and then by the end of the week you're ready for um, kind of some longer rides as you start to feel better again. The end yeah, of well you talked to and you talked to one of the kids on the phone today. Um, well, we did Henry, who he's not on the team, but he you, we train him. Mm-hmm. And he's taking a recovery week, and then he's going to retest over the weekend. Right. So that's kind of a cool way to do it, too. Like, recover, do a couple easy spins, and then see what you got in your body. Yeah, that's a great point, actually. Um, quite often, at the end of a recovery week, test it's a good time to do some testing, perhaps, um, which is exactly what you said. So um, I call those rest and test weeks. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, none of us are going to be testing. But, yeah, Henry just got a power meter, so... We wanted to get him tested, and that would be a good time to do it. You don't want to necessarily test right after, you know, fatiguing block, yourself. Yeah. And so you got to rest up a little bit and um, get that test just to get those data points. But that's a great point. Um, it's a good time to pop a test in. If you haven't tested in a while, I think the first test coming up in our season salvation plan is after the next block, at the end of the next recovery. Um, okay. Sophia will mentally prepare yeah, ourselves Yeah, it's going to take that. a while to prepare. Right, because then we'll be transitioning into the high-intensity training, and we'll want to know our numbers oh, yeah, more precisely point. for that. Okay. So, so yeah, we're into week four. Um, those of you following along on the Season Salvation Plan, this is the recovery week, hence the topic. And then next week, we move into the second block, which is going to be the aerobic threshold muscular endurance kind of training. I love those. Um, so some progressively longer intervals, getting up to quite long. Um, in the next episode, 41, we'll talk in depth more about that. Um, but you, we bring back some structure two to three days a week with those intervals and, and then kind of maintain the endurance gains we've made in this first block with a couple of moderate to somewhat longer rides um, and continue to build our fitness up that way. So if you haven't joined us yet for Season Salvation, you definitely still can. I mean, we're a month into it now ourselves as you listen to this. Uh, but we can plug it into your program starting on any Monday and figure 12 weeks from your start date, you'll be in great shape. You'll go through three blocks of you know aerobic base miles, aerobic uh, threshold, and then high intensity um, building up. And you know whether you get to race or not race, um, I mean, who knows this year? We've kind of come to a conclusion that racing may not happen this year, um, but it's important to keep your head still in the game, keep training because the, the efforts you're doing now, even in the short term, you might not be able to use them in a race. Well, so I'm you'll gonna, get to use, that yeah, fitness compounds into next year. It does compound, year. and I'm just going to, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, That's okay. but um, I mentioned 
my friend Patty Blake in the last episode, but she sent me a really sweet message, and I actually meant to read it, and I forgot, but it was just like, well, first of all, thanks for the shout-out, and um, now you can thank me again for a second shout-out, Patty. <laughs> just kidding, go back and forth. But then she's not a racer, and she signed up for the Season Salvation Plan, and she wasn't really sure if she was going to even you know, like it. She's mm-hmm. not a racer. We talk a lot about racing on this podcast. But she's really enjoying it so far. She loves the structure. She loves it more than she thought. Um, it's like keeping her more motivated. And uh, oh, she did say that this was the first. I think like the first time she's thought about slowing down, right, Soph? Okay. Because she's usually the the just jumping on Zwift and going yeah. hard, hard, hard. I've got an hour to train. Let's hit yeah, it. So yeah. So it's been like a cool experience for her to slow down, look at her heart rate, um, just get in some good base training, and just in general, it's I think nice to have this plan she's following so that was really cool she's not a racer at least that i know of correct me if i'm wrong patty but she's someone who likes to be fit i know she does yoga too and the the cycling is like her aerobic endurance stuff and Mm -hmm. um yeah i thought that was cool yeah yeah absolutely and so this plan should you choose to follow it will get you fit 12 weeks from now so kind of getting into the end of summer and fall and so if cyclocross season happens boom you're you're ready to go or if some races mountain bike or road or gravel open up late summer fall boom ready to boom, go ready to go exactly so um so yeah we i'll put links in the show notes on how to get started on that uh, but we're offering a 50 percent discount uh, for the 12 week program it's only 48 bucks which is four bucks a week um not bad at all and Mm-mm. you don't have to think about anything just follow along and each week of the the show here for the next eight more weeks we'll be talking about what we're doing training wise. yep and people can um take advantage of your special offer to get volume personalization for an extra 29 bucks yeah and i've had a few people recently hit me up after getting the oh yeah the, the non-personalized plan and said oh i actually do want you to yeah oh that's cool i didn't know that. that volume so um a lot of people are taking advantage of that so okay i like it dialing things in all right well thanks for joining us sophia yeah i loved it <laughs> any last thoughts for our listeners here um ride slow <laughs> all right <laughs> ride slow to get past <laughs> yeah and then later we'll ride fast to get even faster. But uh, Of course. And but, you're really fast, sis. <laughs> yeah, we forgot to actually sort of introduce her, I guess. Oh, she, sorry, babe. Sophia Forney is the, make sure it's a mouthful, the 1516 women's cross-country and short track mountain bike national champion from 2019. It's quite the mouthful. It's quite the mouthful. <laughs> well, it's quite the weekend of racing, quite, and yeah. you crushed both races. <laughs> And you have the stars and stripes on your jerseys, and apparently yeah. you get to wear it now for another year since they canceled nationals. I guess so. Whoop whoop. <laughs> yeah. So. And she's she's well. I just loved loved watching you get faster. Um, like you're you were fast last summer when you raced nationals, and now you're like a completely different like rider. Twice. Like oh right. my god. Yeah. And like, that goes so for strong. really everyone on the We Devo team. I mean, not to toot our own our own coaching horns too much, but everyone's like made such huge gains and it's a bit of a disappointment if not a major one that they and we can't see those yeah. gains in racing performances but um the Someday. gains are there yeah well one more thing i was just thinking of because that picture we used from podcast 39 was from firecracker 50 that awesome race in breckenridge every fourth mm-hmm. of july and we would have just raced it a couple of days ago right right well I, that's I'm my af- favorite race. i am afraid sophia and alex campbell would have crushed us yeah, and not because of you, my love, but because of me, because I just am not back in shape yet for my injury. Yeah, because Alex can keep up with oh, me. Oh, God. And I can't keep and up. And you can't. Well, no. Yeah, Sophia used to be able to 
almost keep up with me and now she's crushing me. Right. <laughs> so I think um, I'm our, not... Our I'm days not, of glory are past. Yeah, Todd Gangohoff well, predicted it. I was angry, but Todd, I guess you were right. Todd Gangohoff was right. I really wish I could have seen that. <laughs> yeah, waited five minutes at the finish line for me. <laughs> Good job, Mom. Yeah, good job. <laughs> All right. Anyway, um, thanks for listening. Um, we always appreciate ratings and reviews on um, our podcast. Like Apple. Apple Podcasts or through Google. Yep. Really appreciate all of that. And if you can share our podcast with any of your cycling buddies, um, please do. That helps us get this out to more people. And then the ra- ra- ratings and reviews help our rankings in, in Apple so people can find us yeah. more easily. But sharing it with your friends is is the best way to do it. So Yep, and keep your questions coming too. Cody at teamweight.com. Exactly. All right, well, everybody have a great week. Enjoy your recovery. Go slow. Ride slow to be fast. That's right. All right, (laughs) take care. Talk to you soon.